Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 124 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, way out west where the buffalo roam. I, I've used that line way too many times during this intro. It's Justin the Professor Anderson. Hey, Justin, do you notice anything different about me this time? Yeah, you sound like a uh, adolescent boy. No, I'm just kidding. You sound, you sound much, much crisper. You son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> uh yeah brand new microphone setup for me i've got the cool little like pop shield and the microphone it looks very cool and fancy uh like i'm some kind of sophisticated streamer Did you do, like, I, the I whole like, like uh boom arm like screwed into your desk as well oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. we got the nice. we got, got the boom huh? arm and everything <laughs> yeah it looks real good and uh i'm excited once i upgrade my uh computer uh it'll run a lot more silently so we won't have to deal with like background noise because i'm sure i'm a little bit of that comes in on this thing but i'm excited um do you do you have anything new you want to talk about um no i don't i found a new hair on my back today that was fun oh wow okay hold that right, sucker well, out yeah that's what happens <laughs> when you get old uh, if you want to grow old with BFMD, you can check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast, uh, where we bring the funny, uh, but also we just we're just a a feeder system of retweeting uh, Sportsnet employees. Um, but also we bring the funny. Uh, we like to retweet our friends too, so go ahead and check us out. Uh, we're also on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker. Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I'm sure there's more. I'm not even convinced, dude, that like all of those are real. Like, <laughs> is Pocket Casts a real thing, or have you been getting getting me to name fake websites now? All this um, time, I might start throwing one in there now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> well, I know that we're big in Bulgaria, so shout out to the Bulgarians who are listening to the podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to check us out. And we do still have the website at, or no, it's not at, it's just bfmdpodcast.com. Sure um, is. Content to come soon. Uh, TBD. We're still in the process of. Just like the Blue Jays and Red Sox starting pitchers for game two of yeah. the series, we are TBD. <laughs> nice. So there is something actually I hate doing. I hate it when content creators announce stuff ahead of time and then it doesn't happen. Um, but I'm going to do that thing that I just said I hate. <laughs> We're working on a brand new limited series that we will be bringing to Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, it will pop up uh, on all the usual channels. Uh, and it will pop up uh, under BFMD podcast or whatever the name, Bat Flips and Maple Dips podcast on, on all the usual channels. And my goal is that it will arrive in 2021. It's just a matter of putting in the work. I won't get into details right now, but if you like documentary podcasts, you might be interested, uh, especially if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan. That's as much as I'm willing to get into details on it. Um, but I will say that as of today, I did finish the first, the outline of the first episode. And my rough estimate is that this will be a 20-episode limited series. Uh, it's not going to be time-sensitive, so it 
I don't know when I'm going to release it or like what, what we're going to do with it exactly, but I do know that I am very excited about this because I've talked about this. I've alluded to it on the podcast before uh, and then nothing happened. Um, yeah, so be excited about that. I don't know. Justin, are you are you going to do this with me? Are we are we both going to do this? Am I invited to do this? 100%, man. Oh. oh, wow. I feel so honored. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think the goal, my goal is uh, to have someone, obviously, my number one draft pick uh, in the 2021 draft uh, of doing this is, is for you to be my kind of sounding board for this. You just need me to edit it, don't you? <laughs> uh it's not no but but also but yeah we'll see how it is uh, no but actually no the idea is that uh it's basically going to be i mean i'll just i'll just i'll, I'll say one more thing about it it's going to be a history podcast um but it's a history that if you are interested in the toronto blue jays you're going to be interested in this and if you can't connect from point a to point b from there, I don't know if I can help you anymore. I don't think I can be any more explicit without ruining it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the point is, it'll there'll be basically like little documentaries that you can listen to, and there there, there won't be things in there that will be uh, time sensitive. So there's not going to be like dated jokes or like dated references to like you know, oh the Jays just dropped a game five to four to the Yankees on May twenty first twenty. 21 it won't be anything like that it'll be one of those things where you can listen to it all the way through and then a couple years down the road you can listen to it again and the the information is not going to change so i think that's kind of cool and i think i've wasted enough time talking about it so uh justin let's get right into the juicy news when it comes to uh the toronto blue jays Take it, yeah. take it away. So so we all know that the team, like every or most teams in Major League Baseball, has been riddled by injuries this year. Just This is not a Blue Jays-specific issue. So for everyone on Twitter who is screaming, oh, fire the high-performance department, this is, a, uh, this is an issue that's <laughs> league-wide right now. Um, and we've got a couple updates here. So from Hazel May, uh, George Springer, according to GM Ross Atkins, who appeared on MLB Network Radio, he is doing all the baseball activities Feels great running and is getting plenty of reps in the cage. He's almost 100%. Teoscar Hernandez has recovered and is healthy and symptom-free from COVID-19. He is, quote, ready for baseball. The team is making sure that he is safe to enter their environment. So should expect to see both of those guys back, hopefully by the end of the month. Pitching notes from Ben Nicholson-Smith. Nate Pearson is slated to throw live batting practice on Tuesday. According to Pete Walker, he looks great. Tyler Chatwood feels really good. He's likely to miss just the 10 days. Timing is less clear on Stripling, Merriweather, and Hatch. Uh, they're more long-term returns. Uh, obviously, Merriweather with the oblique and Stripling with the, uh, the forearm and Hatch with the elbow inflammation from the spring. Uh, for Tyler Chatwood, he is eligible to come off the injured list Monday, so the team will likely activate him before the series starts with the Red Sox on Tuesday. There'll be a corresponding move there. Uh, Jordan Romano is expected to come off the IL on schedule on the 25th, which is Sunday and also my birthday. Uh, Kevin Biggio is day-to-day right now. He took that uh, bouncing ball off of the fingers on his hand, and he is not Ouch. on the IL, but could be back anytime. He obviously pinch ran in the game 
uh, the second game of the double. I think it was the second game of the doubleheader. Yeah, uh, and the Jays will likely be um, activating him or getting him back on up on Tuesday. Patrick asks, who do we need most right now? Um, I would think Jordan Romano. Uh, we saw <laughs> that we we made the mistake uh, of using Rafael Delis in the seventh inning of that doubleheader yesterday in game number one when Mats was dealing. We were up by four. God, I probably could have thrown somebody else in there for that inning. Uh, and then when we needed a high leverage reliever today in, in game four of the series, we had to throw TJ Zoik out there in the seventh inning. And we all know how that turned out. He got um, Zoiked. So I, I would say, yeah, I would say we need Jordan Romano the most out of any of those guys uh, that we just talked about on the pitching side of things between Chatwood and, and Romano. But, I mean, Biggio, we saw that obviously Panic can fill in for him at third and so can Espinal. Uh, Espinal is not on the team anymore because he got sent down after the doubleheader. He was the 27th man. Um, and then Teoscar Hernandez, obviously, you could, you could use him and George Springer in the top four of that lineup. We're missing two pieces of that top four. So, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll chat about some offensive issues that we're having right away. But, yeah, I, I think it's Romano, hands down. Normally, I would agree with you. But after the, the series that we had against Kansas City, I feel like the thing that we need the most is an effective bat, particularly an effective leadoff hitter. Uh, Marcus Samin has not panned out so far. Yes, he has four home runs. Yes, he has two stolen bases. Uh, but he's hitting like 182 or something like that. And it's just like, that's not good enough. Uh, we need uh, consistency. And that's why we, we just, we need George Springer. We need our $30 million man or whatever it is we're paying him uh, to be. Um, I thought it was kind of funny when it said he's doing all baseball activities because it makes me think that when the game is over, uh, George Springer just walks out to like an empty dugout and sits there and chews on bubble gum for like three hours to like get the feel <laughs> to like get the feel. He's doing it by himself. <laughs> he, he, yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. It's great to hear that he's ready to come back. I think uh, he's eligible to come off the IL now, isn't he? Um, I believe right. he could come off in the next couple of days. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of getting his timing back. He'll probably have to spend some time at the alt site. But you could see, I mean, if, if all goes well this week, he's got four days, including two off days, to get ready for the series with Tampa. The Jays yeah. are going to be staying at their homes in Dunedin for that series with Tampa. It's almost like a home series for us, essentially, now. Uh, so Teoscar will already be down there and could, could rejoin the team then. Uh, same with Springer. Could you imagine Springer and Hernandez in the lineup against the Rays and then Davis and... Palacios out of the lineup. That would be a very big boost. Yeah. Whew. That's you're like you're I'm, going from having no power at all to yeah. having like two big boppers. And then, I would guess I would almost I would almost bet that they'll see we'll see Springer DH's first few. Just mm, to keep them that's off of the spicy. field, especially on the turf yeah. in, in the, at the trap. I don't know how different their turf is from Toronto, but it can't be as as bad as ours. But you never know. Um, but just to keep him off the field for a couple of days, let him get his swings in in a game and then maybe get him back into that, that spot. But I mean, according to, I mean, Springer likes to play the field and that could be a big part of him getting his, his kind of game mindset back is actually just getting him into that, into that defense as fast as possible too. But we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, it'd be great to get one or both of those guys back before the, before the weekend is out. 
Is he not allowed on the bench until after he's off the DL or the IL? Sorry, uh, Springer. He was well. He was with the. He was in the dugout in, in Dunedin for the games. He just isn't traveling on the road. Okay. Yeah, he was in the dugout in the, in all the games at home. But yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, he's so he's. I mean, it sounds for all intents and purposes like he's he's going to be ready to go for the twenty third. Yeah. They there was some talk that I saw. This was earlier in the week, so it wasn't today. Five hours ago, the same way, uh, you know, when Hazel dropped the news. But uh, earlier in the week, they were saying, or middle of the week, uh, something like that, they were saying, like, he'd be back after the Tampa series. So the fact that he's he's being, it's su- being suggested now that he could be in there, that's five days away. Yeah. The 23rd. Yep. And this, this day is over, so really it's four days. Yep. Two of those days are, are like you said, off days. Off days. That's also huge for all the injuries that we've had. And the day-to-day guys like uh, Kevin Biggio. Yeah. So Chatwood's back. So we going into Tampa, Chatwood's back. Biggio will be at 100% most likely. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez most likely to be back. Uh, you could get Romano back for the finale of that series too. Wow. Um, we could actually be like almost a full yeah, team. You could almost be at full health by the end of April. Uh, and, and minus Merriweather. And, and Pearson, who's likely throwing BP here shortly. So um, it could be mid-May before the team is fully healthy. But it could happen. It could happen the next like three weeks where we get mid- where we get healthy again. And that's what you want to see. And I mean, hopefully, we, again, we can stay mostly healthy for... for an extended period of time and not have multiple injuries to keep players at the same time. Guys are going to get hurt. It's inevitable, but we just want to make sure that, uh, or we want to hope that it doesn't happen to too many at the same time anyway. Uh, it's going to make a huge difference. Uh, even though we have a positive run differential, in fact, we have the fifth best run differential, I think, in the AL. We went mm-hmm. over this before we started recording. Uh, and I think we have a better run differ- uh, differential than... Everybody except for the Red Sox, the Bastard. White Sox, uh, and the Astros. So I guess we're fourth. Not after today, probably. After today, it'll be di- it might be a little bit different. Yeah. But our run differential, as of like this very second, is plus nine. Yep. So I mean, we're the record stinks. Pitching, ha- pitching has not been the problem. Yeah. No, pitching is absolutely not the problem. Um, but we'll get into it. Uh, we must, let's just talk about yeah. the results, I guess. Um, a few notes from the Jays series with the Kansas City Royals. The Jays did lose three out of four games. Uh, takeaways uh, from the series. We had some, we had some pitching changes, uh, obviously, with the rainout on Friday. The Jays elected to push Hunjin Ryu back a day um, to start the Boston series on Tuesday and, and start uh, Tommy Malone in game two of the doubleheader. That actually went pretty well <laughs> yep for him very happy with uh that. the games were all tight nobody ever the biggest run differential was the jays win actually uh every other game was was two runs of differential um we're getting great pitching but we're missing the the regular hitters right now uh, especially as the guys we just talked about was springer and hernandez who would be filling in for palacios and davis right now uh, the Jays in this series were three for twenty-three with runners in scoring position. That is a big reason why we lost three out of four games. Uh, <laughs> there was some shaky defense at times as well, too, but also some great defensive plays. 
Uh, we can't blame pitching for anything this season so far outside of Tanner Roerick's start in Texas. The starting pitching has actually been um, pretty much what you'd expect. Anthony Kay did get roughed up in, in, in the first game of the series, but uh, he was not with the team from camp, and you, you expect a guy who has only been pitching in alternate site exhibition games to not really be in a major league game mindset. Um, but yeah, the big, the big takeaway for me in the series was, was the lack of, of hitting with runners in scoring position. We had some guys hit some balls hard, like uh, Bo Bichette hit the hardest ball of his career yesterday, and it was a line out to center field. Denny yeah. Jansen had a couple of hard hit line drives that went right to fielders as well, too. So the, the hitters, for the most part, are, are BABIP as a team is, is very low. It's below average right now. So a lot of balls aren't dropping, um, and, and we're missing some key batters. So it's going to improve. The offense has to. There's no way that an offense this good, especially with guys like Vladi hitting the piss out of the baseball right now, uh, stays this bad. It's going to improve, and I think it's going to happen drastically it'll be like a, a light switch flipping and it'll just be a better team that's my thoughts anyway yeah i think you're i think you're right uh which i say very begrudgingly because <laughs> <laughs> i like to be the one who's right uh but in this case you're super right about that the the hitting it's not that our like if you look at the lines if you just look at the, like the box scores you think like all right well they ran into some good pitching and Kansas city did pitch very well during this yeah, of uh, series. Has um, every, every single one of their guys, uh, except Mike minor who had, a, who struggled, but he's still Mike yeah. minor and he'll be fine. Um, but all those guys are far exceeding expectations. And all of our hitters are aside from Vladdy are way below expectations right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not getting you know, the power's not there. Uh, the contact isn't really there, and uh, bench guys like Palacios, uh, Espinal, and Panic are the ones that actually have uh, been producing, uh, or at least you know generating contact. Uh, they all have averages uh, at least I think it's like above three hundred. But the thing is, they're limited in their number of starts. Yeah, uh, Espinal's only been in three games. Palacios has been in like eight. Um, professional baseball hitter Joe Panic has only been in what six seven eight, handful maybe? yeah and he's been he's pinch hit in most of those yeah and, and he's he's doing what he's supposed to do yeah um but today he had an opportunity uh there's two on uh nobody out and he just hit a chopper to the third baseman who just tagged uh through the first and uh, Panic beat out the yeah you know the throw which is great but still like if he had chopped a runner and you and you came away with one one more out than there was so yeah if he yeah if he had chopped that one over the third baseman's head that's a run uh at least run uh and it would have advanced uh the other runner most likely to third because they probably would have tried to throw like yeah try to throw home so you know there it's opportunities like that that get pissed away and that's why we're seven and nine and it's very frustrating because we should be we should have a better record than we do but given the quantity of injuries that we've had and the fact that our our perennial like superstar that we paid all this money for hasn't even started like played a game for us the fact that we are seven and nine just goes to show like how big of an impact vladdy's performance has had 100 mm-hmm. percent. and he hit that absolute monster dong 
<laughs> on uh yeah 456 on Saturday. feet shit. longest summer of his career yeah unbelievable I, I yelled pretty loudly my girlfriend thought something was wrong yeah it was an absolute monster dong <laughs> uh it was terrific but um it's time to bring back a classic uh segment for us it's been a while yeah. since we did this in this capacity so yeah, we're going to do a little uh, who's hot, who's not. And we're looking at statistics so far from this season. We've got a, enough of a sample size now. Uh, the hitters that we're going to look at all have around 50 or more ABs. So we'll be able to take a look there. Uh, starting off, obviously, we know who one of the hot guys has been. It's been Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He is 21 for 54 so far this season, which equates to a 389 batting average. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. 11 walks have led to a 507 on base percentage. And four home runs and three doubles, along with those 21 hits, have led up to a 667 slugging, which means that his on base or his OPS is a 1172 or 74, if I'm doing the math right in my yes, head. yes. Um, he's driven in 11, scored four times, and has just looked absolutely dangerous at the plate. Um, he's had, I believe, 12 balls hit at 110 miles per hour or higher. That was as of yeah. yesterday. I don't think he hit any that hard today. No. Um, but also after yesterday, uh, no player had more than, than seven, and Stanton and Judge had seven and six respectively. So Vladdy is yeah. uh, hitting the hitting missiles all over the fields, and we've seen them. We've seen him hit to all fields. He's got a couple of home runs the other way. He's got a, a pull into the bullpen, and then that moonshot to left center field in Kansas City. So he's using the entire field. He looks like twenty eighteen minor league Vladdy again, which is incredibly scary um before we uh, before we analyze that any further i want to just point out that randall gritchick is our second hot hitter which if you had told me that i would be putting that in here over like a guy like bo or teoscar or rowdy at the beginning of the season i would have bet i would have bet against that for sure uh gritchick is 15 for 53 which is a 283 average he's cooled down a little bit the last few games he's got one home run five doubles uh, and 10 RBIs. He has scored six times, has walked five times, has an on base of 339 and a slug of 415. Um, for a guy who we thought was just going to be a fourth outfielder, he is making the argument for uh, every day at bats, or at least almost every day at bats. But what are your what are your impressions on these two guys, Patrick? Is it surprising that Vladi is doing this well? And is it surprising that Gritchick is one of our hottest hitters? I'm actually surprised Vladdy is hitting as well as he has. Not because I was a Vladdy doubter. Don't send me that stupid fucking uh, <laughs> r slash Toronto Blue Jays apology yeah, letter dumb. thing. I hated that. <laughs> um, pro athletes are not above criticism. Um, yeah, if you're being a dumbass and you say stuff like, oh, he's a bust, you should shut up. Uh, but yeah, uh, Vladdy was overweight and he knew it. Uh, he admitted as such. Yep. He, Yeah. So putting that to bed forever, I, I'm just surprised he's flirting with 400. It's just mm -hmm. crazy to see. Um, he's faster on the base path too. From what I saw, the yeah, uh, he's, he's about 1.4 feet per second faster, which is the largest <sighs> increase in the big leagues. That's dramatic. Uh, yeah. it, he's been very impressive. He's clearly tapping into that 80 grade power tool that everybody knew that he had. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just, he looks fantastic and I could see him settling in somewhere around, uh, three, 
fifteen-ish uh, batting average for the year, which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, he won't. He probably won't compete for the batting title because at some point he's going to be swinging only to hit tacos uh, because that's just what Vladdy does from time to time. He likes to hit those big missiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randall Grichik really is the more interesting story to me because this was a guy that was people were thought he was probably going to get traded. Yeah, because there was nowhere for him to play, and with Springer hurt to start the year, uh, Grichik has taken full advantage of it. If it wasn't for this three-game stretch, uh, I think it was last week where he didn't have a single hit in like thirteen or fourteen at bats, the numbers would look way better for him. Um, But I've been impressed with his defense. He's made a lot of running catches uh, in right field that have been impressive. Um, Today, I think was a good example of it. Uh, mm-hmm. was it right field he was in today? I think uh, so. Yeah, because Davis was in, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was correct. Um, but he made a good running uh, running play, running catch today, uh, and he's done that more than once this year. Uh, he His strikeouts are concerning, uh, as they are a little bit higher than what they should be. So Lower than normal. Lower than normal, but still concerning. Um you know, the OBP is nice. Um, he's not, I mean, he is a power guy, but he's he's also, like, kind of not a power guy, and they haven't really had a chance to play in a lot of, a lot of like, super hitter parks yet. I mean, Dunedin is super hitter friendly. <laughs> it is, it is, um, and Yankee Stadium is too, but, I mean, out of the 16 games that we've played, I, I mean, I can understand, and and the fact that he did go like zero for thirteen in his first stretch was pretty. Uh, has done a lot of damage to uh, to what his uh, OPS would be. It's still below eight hundred, uh, but I mean, pretty much everybody on the team is an OPS below eight hundred, uh, except for Vlad, uh, and then some guys who have only played like eight games. But like Grichik, Grichik is way more useful than what people gave him credit for, and I think he'll continue to take. Uh, he'll continue to get plate appearances uh, well into the season. Oh, 100%. Uh, um, unless for some random reason he gets traded for like a starting pitcher because like management decided like we cannot throw TJ Zoic <sighs> and Tanner Rourke out there anymore. My God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing worth pointing out, um, I think I mentioned it, but Vladdy has walked the exact same amount of times that he struck out. Yeah. So that is, that love is to like, see it. that is peak minor league Vladdy right there and his WRC plus right now is 242 holy so shit it's worth about two and a half average big league players right now <laughs> that's crazy i wish i had looked that up because that's a crazy stat that's a big stat yeah that's uh, a he's huge already stat. worth 1.2 wins above a placement um and that was after 15 games it doesn't include today so you know they talked about springer being like a six uh six war player vladdy yeah. might lead the team in war Vladdy's on place on pace for 10 war if he did holy what he's done smokes. every 10 percent of the season right so yeah, which is Mike yeah. Trout level of <laughs> good. That's a that's above Mike Trout the last four years. Yeah, or so, last, isn't well, it? I mean last year was short, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, looking at the hitters who have not been so hot, uh, <laughs> Marcus Simeon, who has been in the leadoff spot all season so far, he is twelve for sixty six, which equates to a below Mendoza line one eighty two average. He's really cooled off lately. Uh, four of his twelve hits are home runs. Besides that, he does not have another extra base hit. He has scored 
seven runs, only three outside of those home runs, and has driven in three more runs uh, for seven total as well. Uh, he has only walked six times, uh, has has stolen two bases. But I think for me, the big concerning thing is just how cold he's been lately um, and the fact that he's striking out a ton. Like his strikeout percentage right now is 27.5, which is uh, well above his career average of 20.3. Uh, this guy's a 253 career hitter uh, in terms of average, so he's well below that as well. Uh, I, I think for him, the biggest thing is he's he's not he's never been a leadoff guy, but obviously when you you have a guy that with a, that is also in our not list, Kevin Biggio, being as cold as he has, there's been nobody who has pushed uh, him out of that leadoff spot. And and speaking of Biggio, he is 15 for 49, which is a 171 average, so even lower than than Marcus Simeon, but. Uh, Biggio, to his credit, does have two solo home runs, his only RBIs of the season, has uh, scored five times, has a triple, has walked only six times, which is kind of un-Cavin-like, um, and his strikeouts are also quite high as well, too. He is striking out at a 32% clip. His big league career average is 27, so a little bit more than usual. But Cavin is also only a 236 career hitter now that he's dropped this average down a bit. He only did hit 250 last year. But his on-base percentage was 375, which is uh, his current is 292. So his his average and on-base are 80 points lower than they were last year, <laughs> each of them, respectively. Yeah. So that that's that's going to be a bad time. Um, have you been surprised with with either of these guys and how I guess how much swing and miss there's been in their game this year? Yeah, they've gone through. They're both right now ice cold. Like they're this scuffling. is the coldest. This is like the coldest they'll probably be all year. You really hope so anyway. Uh, eventually, these players will regress to the mean. And regress doesn't have to be a negative in this case, as uh, I learned from you a year or two ago. Yep. They will eventually get back to what their career averages are, approximately. Um, but Samin is definitely a better hitter than what he has been. And he is... Uh, I, I think he's still positive war, but it's... It's, which is weird because like he has four home runs and seven RBI. And if you had told me that yeah. he would have that to start the year, I'd be like, all right, that's cool. But he doesn't really hit anything else. 0. So. 0.3 wins above replacement. That's due to a yeah. positive defensive value. Biggio yep. is at a negative 0. 0.1. He, right he and uh, Bichette right now are really dialed in together as the middle infield. They seem and to be, yeah. They have flipped some very impressive double plays. So I feel very confident that Samin is not a problem uh, and he will eventually get himself set up. Somewhere, though, Keith Law is probably patting himself so hard on the back uh, that he is, like, collapsing his lungs uh, <laughs> from predicting Kavan Biggio being this bad to start the year. Um, but fuck Keith Law. <laughs> um, I don't Into care the about pitching. Him. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about him. I, like... I like Kavan. I think Kavan will eventually regress back to like 250. So if he can hit 230 and have uh, like a like like a 320 on base percentage, like that's what that's probably what he's going to be for his career. I would say. I and think we, I know. I think that. he's cap. I think he can do better than that. Um, I think I think Keith Law is wrong, and I understand right now. I look like uh, the dum dum in this situation, but. He'll they these guys will bounce back, they will. Yeah, it's Kavan uh, Biggio. His dad is, was a career three hundred hitter, you know. 
He'll get there. Yeah. He'll get there. Okay. Uh, into the pitching. Two guys who have been very hot in our studying rotation are Steven Matz and Hanjin Ryu. Uh, Steven Matz, we, we've seen him throw three really great games. He started game one of the doubleheader on Saturday in three six innings. Uh, overall in the season, he has a 147 earn run average in 18 and a third innings. Has only allowed nine hits. One of those hits being a home run. Has only given up three earned runs. Uh, has walked six and struck out 18. Has held opponents to a 148 opponents batting average and a 0.82 whip, which is walks plus hits per inning pitched. Um, I think the big thing for me with Matt's, uh, he's he's walking guys like right around his career average. His strikeouts are right around the average, but he's giving up way less home runs so far this season. He's been able to uh, really increase his ground ball percentage from where it was last year back towards his career norm, which is just below 50%. Um, even, even his estimators, like his, his FIP and XFIP are 305 and 357 respectively. Those are both really good. If Steven Matz is around a three and a half ERA pitcher, the Blue Jays are going to win a lot of his starts, but he's three and oh for us so far this season has been the, the only pitcher who we've won every one of his starts so far. Um, and has already at a 0.4 wins above replacement. So a very good start for him. Uh, Hanjin Ryu has been ace-like. Uh, he's 1-1 one one on the season. The Jays did lose uh, one of his starts when they didn't provide him with any run support. He has thrown 19 innings in three starts so far for a 189 ERA. Has allowed 15 hits, a lot of soft contact as we're used to. Has given up two home runs, five runs. Only four of them were earned, though, but has only walked two batters to 19 strikeouts. Opponents are hitting 211. But because of the low walk numbers, his whip as well is below one. It's at a 0.89. Uh, if if you would have told me that Steven Matz would have been would be out pitching Hunjin Ryu in terms of a few different <laughs> statistical categories at this point in the season, I would have not believed you. But especially if you told me that Hunjin Ryu was pitching as well as he has. Uh, but with if Steven Matz wasn't hasn't been hadn't been doing what he's doing now, this team would be in a much worse position because outside of Robbie oh yeah Matt's has been our only reliable starter um obviously we've, we've only had two Robbie Ray starts today or so far and, and uh today's wasn't his greatest even though as the Blue Jays were quick to point on Twitter he didn't get hasn't has only allowed like his his season ERA is 148 but they aren't pointing out that his uh walks per nine innings is is very bad but um yeah I I think that I've been pleasantly surprised obviously um, Chris Henderson had told us that he thought Steven Matz was not going to be good. He apologized to, <laughs> to you personally on Twitter, Patrick. Um, but then I did remind Hendo that he said that we had to check back at the end of May to see what Matz is doing. And That's right. as we keep saying, That's it right. is it is early. It has been 10% of the Major League season after today's game. So there's a long way to go. But your thoughts on Matz and Ryu? Okay, so Ryu is doing exactly what is expected there's no i mean it sucks that he lot he got an l for like a 2-1 or 2 nothing game or something like that when like he was he pitched outstanding but yeah i mean i don't know he i'm not worried about ryu at all he'll be fine he's been great he'll continue to be great steven Matz is a different story um he has had walk problems um but we're going to give credit where credit is due he has outperformed what was expected of him. 
Uh, he is currently our most reliable starter uh, outside of Ryu, I guess. Uh, he is three and zero to start the year with a you know a microscopic ERA and a microscopic WHIP. Um, I mean, eventually he's going to throw a stinker. Uh, every pitcher does, whether you're Shane Bieber or you know Tanner Rourke. Uh, so the best pitcher in baseball or the worst pitcher in baseball uh, and everybody in between, they're all going to throw stinkers at some part. You're not going to get 33 uh, perfect immaculate starts out of, uh, out of any <laughs> single pitcher. It just doesn't happen. Um, but that being said, I want everybody to take time to remember this moment right now where Steven Matz has been as, as good as I promised that he would be. Uh, and do not shove it in my face when he has a bad start <laughs> because uh, I'm going to be upset about it. Uh, he deserves more credit than what he's getting right now. He is the reason we are 7-9 and nine and not, you know, much, much, much worse. Um, but again, you can hang it all up on poor bats uh, and just a plethora of injuries. Matt is our MVP so far. Uh, if on not the pitching, for, if, I was gonna say, if not for Vladdy, I would totally agree with you. Yeah, as, uh, on as the pitching, a, on the, the pitching, pitching staff, for sure. On yeah. the pitching side, Steve Metz absolutely is our MVP. He 100%. is. He has outperformed uh, Juan Jin Ryu, although again, it's only three starts, and like you and said, Ryu's it's been early. very good. <laughs> They've yes. both been awesome. Um, so some guys who are not winning MVP awards anytime soon, maybe in slow pitch leagues or beer leagues somewhere one day. Oh, uh, but TJ Zoik and Tanner Oric are on our not list. Uh, TJ Zoik has appeared in four games for us this season, has an ERA of 675, has pitched 12 innings. Uh, two of those were starts, uh, 16 hits allowed, 13 runs, nine of them earned. The big one for me, Patrick, is five home runs given up, and yeah. he has walked seven to only six strikeouts. A concerning number here: opponents are hitting 320 off of off of uh, TJ Zoic right now, and his WHIP is approaching two at 192. Now, when you put TJ Zoic and Tanner Roark next to each other, uh, Tanner Roark doesn't look so bad. In in seven innings over three appearances, Roark has a 6.47 ERA. He has given up seven hits, seven runs, five earned, three home runs, which were all allowed to Texas in that start that is only start of the season. He has walked only two and struck out five. Uh, and the stats that if I told you these out of context, you would tell me this is a good pitcher. 241 opponents batting average and a 129 whip. You take away the home runs from Tanner Roark and he wouldn't look so bad. But unfortunately for Tanner Roark, he is an incapable of not allowing home runs uh, over a long period of time, and that is why he has been relegated to garbage time relief pitcher. Uh, even though in this series we had to use him in some some more meaningful situations, which my God gets the heart rate going. Uh, um, yeah. Do you think that TJ Zoik stays with this team into the Boston series, or does Tyler Chatwood send him back to the alternate site? Yeah, TJ Zoik will be the first uh, player option to the minor Damn league. Well, should be. Um, if he hasn't already been, I don't I, like, I haven't checked any tickers or no. anything like that. They won't um, make any moves until Tuesday, most likely. Well, Chatwood comes off the IL on Monday, so they'll He's have eligible to, make... to come off. He doesn't have to come off. Oh, I see. You well, I don't stay, see the... you can, you can stay on the IL longer than the days that, that the IL says. Yeah. I doubt they'll wait 
to do They'll it. They'll wait until it... Tuesday. Yeah. Well, they will, 100%. all right, fine. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, so if that happens, then yeah, TJ Zoic will be uh, optioned on, I'm assuming he has options left. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, he's probably already aware that he will be optioned. Most like, likely. I mean, there's, yeah, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody. Um, he's been bad. I was so hopeful. I mean, as right as I was about Steven Matz, I was wrong about TJ Zoik in equal measure. Yeah, I mean, Zoik didn't look too bad in that first appearance in New York, but then, ever since then, it hasn't been good. It's been really, really bad. And he's been put out in, uh, like, decent, like, leverage situations, and he has not... He just, he doesn't look good at all. I it, whether it's a confidence thing or maybe he just doesn't have it. Triple uh, A will be a good opportunity for him to really kind of work on some uh, some of that secondary stuff. And I don't know. Hopefully he gets it back together. Tanner Rourke, it, there's too much pride, I think, uh, in. Uh, upper management to designate him for assignment. Well, frankly, they don't... there's nobody to replace him right now. Yeah. I mean, that is the case. Eventually, though, when the, the guys all come off the IL, if you have to choose between Ross Stripling and Tanner Rourke, you're probably going to choose Ross Stripling, uh, even though both of them, their numbers since joining the Jays are very bad. Uh, Stripling at least doesn't give up as many home runs. I guess, but I'd he be has okay. More with... strikeout ability too. He does, um, but I mean, he's he's had some struggles, and it sucks too because like he's pretty popular, <laughs> and I like Stripling a lot, uh, and I hope he gets well soon because he's he's on the IL, and it looks like it's going to be longer than ten days before yeah. he's he's back at a hundred percent. There's a guy you want to root for, uh, Tanner Rourke. I think uh, has worn out his welcome. Uh, on the roster, and I just don't understand. Like he he's being used exclusively in situations where, uh, you know, we're down by five runs and the game is over. The Brett Cecil or the Brian Tallett position uh, until Brett Cecil started to get good. Um, but yeah, thrown out there today, not a good feeling. Uh, you don't want to see it because <laughs> it's it's ugly. Yeah, it just sucks, man. Like, what do you do? Do you, do we really want to DFM and then have him join like the Yankees and then all of a sudden get good and then we're paying yeah, him twelve million dollars to beat our asses? I don't. I, like, is it, is, I think it's better than paying him ten or twelve million dollars to lose games for us. But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when guys start to come back, especially when Nate Pearson is ready. Um, moving ahead, the Jays have an off day on Monday as well as an off day on Thursday. So two of the next four days are going to be off days in between there on Tuesday and Wednesday. We've got a two game date with the Red Sox at Fenway Park in Baston and game one on Tuesday. Both games are 7 p.m. Eastern time starts. Hunjin Ryu is going to face TBD for the Red Sox. And on <laughs> Wednesday, TBD for the Blue Jays is going to face TBD for the Red Sox. So <laughs> likely a bullpen day on Tuesday, oh boy. but we'll see what happens. We, we do have an off day, so we could see potentially Anthony Kay get another start. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what's going to happen there in Fenway with the monster looming large in left field. Uh, you, you like our chances with Ryu on the bump? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I should say, like, I, I just... 
I, I, Anthony K is good and all. Uh, he's struggled uh, the last two seasons. But what I really, what I'd rather see is I'd rather them put out somebody uh, who's normally a high leverage reliever, open the game rather than Anthony K. Because I'd rather open get with off David to like. Phelps, maybe. Yeah. And then have Anthony K come in because he's a lefty. Yep. Um, I just, as an opener, though, I'm just, I don't know. I don't want the guy to get the crap kicked out of him, and then he's got to sit on the bench for, like, 10 more days before the AAA season starts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't want to see that happen to him again. Yeah. Uh, although, it, I find it very interesting that boss, both the Boston starters are TBD. Uh, they've got to be completely out of gas because they've got these games, and then don't they have another game tomorrow? They do, yeah. They they've had a couple of games. They had a game that had gotten, I believe, rained out. So they had, they put a doubleheader like over the weekend as well, too. Yeah, and they're I down four one right now, top of the sixth to the White Sox. Yeah, so they're, they're about to lose to cool off a little bit. They could lose yeah. both games of that doubleheader today. Um, That's bad for them. Yeah, really, but looking really at, looking at the the tail of the tape uh, going into recording. Record-wise, the Red Sox were at ten and five. The Jays, obviously, as we know it, seven and nine. In terms of offense, the Red Sox were scoring five and a quarter runs per game to the Blue Jays at just over four. Team ERA, the Jays hold the edge here at a three twelve ERA versus three fifty two for Boston. Both great team numbers. Uh, offensively, Boston has a better average. Their hitters are hitting two seventy nine versus two thirty for the Blue Jays. Home runs, Toronto has a nineteen to eighteen edge. The big stat for me, though, situational hitting. Runners in scoring position. The Blue Jays hit only 200 there. It'll actually be lower after today's game. Those stats aren't updated. But the Red Sox have a 250 average with runners uh, in scoring position. A stat where the Jays are also going to see a bump in. Uh, pitcher walks per nine. Boston is walking four batters per nine, and the Blue Jays heading into today's action were just below three. Robbie Ray's numbers there will not help today, but will still be ahead. Uh, and then offensively, a number, a stat that I love. We've already quoted it with Vladdy today, WRC+. Plus. Vladdy himself is at a 242. The Blue Jays as a team are at 96, which is below average, <laughs> which goes to show you why our record is below 500. The Red Sox as a team are at 123 right now, which is well above league average, and that is the reason why they have a winning record. Uh, overall, uh, with with the offense and the and for the Red Sox and the pitching for the Blue Jays, the series is looking pretty even. Uh, obviously, if the Jays can add Chatwood back to the bullpen, that'll be a big help because he was expected to pitch in some leverage situations for us. Having your ace start in game one is always going to be a, a bonus for you as well, too. Um, and the good thing, because the Jays do have that off day on, on Thursday, that'll line Hunjin Ryu up again for a, a start at the Trop against Tampa Bay next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we, will be able to, we will be able to skip a spot in the rotation, which will be great, and give a couple guys extra rest, but also have Ryu make another start this in the same week. Uh, I, I think the Jays have a really good shot at winning both games in this series. Of course, it does depend what the starting pitching looks like in Game 2, but you got to like the chances. If I was a betting man, I'm taking Hunjin Ryu in Game 1. Um, at, at the very least, a split with the Red Sox would keep the Jays two games below 500, hitting into a weekend series at the Trop as they look to close out the month uh, there and then with a few games at home against Washington and Atlanta. Patrick, what do you think is going to happen in this Boston series? Is it possible for us to win both games? Yes, it is. And the the number one reason why is going to be because Boston is going to limp into this series um, after playing 
three games in two days. Right. Then they got to come in and they got to play Toronto right away. And that's why they just don't, they're not going to have any juice left. Their bullpen's going to be burnt out. Uh, and that's why they've got all TBD because they don't know who they're going to throw out there. They're exhausted. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like they're going to end up losing both games here unless a miracle happens. Uh, it looks like their hitting is also cooling off. They only had uh, two runs, scored two runs uh, in the 3-2 loss earlier today, and they're down 4-1 right now, uh, so it's not looking too hot there. And then tomorrow, it doesn't get any easier for them. Uh, they will have Nathan Avaldi on the, the bump, uh, but they're going to be facing uh, Lucas uh, Giolito. Oh, wow, he's been good so far. Uh, yeah, he's been real, real good. Uh, and that game actually starts off at uh, noon my time, which is super early. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's 11 a.m. Eastern. Eastern. And that's a- that's in Boston. That's so, like, a getaway that's kinda... day. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know whether or not they're going to be wearing the Boston Strong jerseys for our series, but they were wearing them during the one against the White Sox. And at first I hated the way they looked, but then the more I kind of realized it's not about how they look, it's about what it's, it's the story. for. Yeah. It's a story, yeah. Uh, I kind of hope they wear the Boston Strong jerseys for uh, uh, for our series as well um, because it does have meaning. And, uh, you know, Boston and Halifax, they kind of have this cool relationship anyway. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like Boston. For sure. I uh, hate the Red Sox, but, you know, <laughs> hate the city the of Boston too, is cool. Man. Fuck the Bruins. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's the Leaf enemy. I got to go watch the Leafs play, so we're going to wrap the episode up. We get the go short of Vancouver Canucks tonight. Hopefully everyone's doing well for those guys. Obviously they had a big battle with COVID-19. So hopefully everyone's recovering. Their families are all doing okay. Um, But still hope the least pound the snot out of them. Um, That's going to (laughs) wrap up episode 124 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Again, check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Find us online, bfmdpodcast.com. Listen to the shows on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, tune in there's one called Podbean that i'm gonna randomly throw in there i don't know if anyone actually uses it and so many more yeah Podbean. and how badass is that (laughs) that's great uh yeah so for for patrick marsh out in halifax new mike patrick marsh it's justin anderson here in saskatoon we'll talk to you guys on uh either wednesday or thursday after the boston series